You are listening to Something Real with Pastor Rich Seiger, connecting the reality of God to the realities of life. On today's episode, we are staying in Luke chapter 6, and at this point in the chapter, people are coming to see Jesus in droves. He's getting big crowds, people are asking him to heal them, and Jesus is listing off blessings and woes. So Rich is going to talk a little bit more about that today. Thanks for joining us as we continue our journey through Luke's account of the earthly life and ministry of Jesus Christ. The book of Luke and its three companions, Matthew, Mark, and John, are referred to as Gospels, which means good news. These books are the narrative telling of the good news of God sending His Son to rescue sinners. Today we are looking at chapter 6, verses 17 to 26 as Dr. Luke gives us our first taste of what Jesus is actually teaching. Up to this point, Luke has shared the unprecedented events surrounding Christ's birth and early ministry, but the author's focus has been on clearly establishing who Jesus was and is. He shows that Jesus is the promised one, both fully God and fully human, God incarnate. Luke demonstrates through the things Jesus does that he has authority over both the physical and spiritual realms, and he emphasizes the Lord's heart for those who are outcast and downtrodden. The Lord of everything has come to rescue sinners, and he ends up at odds with the religious, the influential, and the comfortable. Having chosen 12 special messengers called apostles from among his followers, Jesus is now once again ministering to the physical, emotional, and spiritual needs of the people with his words and actions, with authority and power. And as he does so, we finally see what it is that he has been teaching, why these influencers and law monitors are so worked up over this new rabbi. There's disagreement among good godly scholars as to whether this is actually the same sermon as Matthew records in chapters 5-7 through of his gospel, or whether it is a separate event with repeated content. We generally refer to Matthew 5-7 through as the Sermon on the Mount, and some have referred to this portion of Luke 6 as the Sermon on the Plain, because verse 17 speaks of going down to a level place. While I tend to think that these are the same event, I don't think we can say authoritatively one way or another. No contradiction in teaching is present, and a variety of linguistically and theologically reasonable explanations fit on both sides without necessitating any contradiction in the narrative. In any case, it's not necessary to either Luke's narrative or Jesus' teaching for this to be the same event, nor to be separate events. As for the message itself, Jesus is, as always, teaching perfectly the heart and will of God. In verses 20 to 26, Jesus first gives a list of beatitudes or blessings, just as in Matthew. But here in Luke, he contrasts those blessings with their converse and makes several woeful statements. The blessings and woes should be taken together and should also be viewed as a sort of foundation for what he will teach in the verses that follow. As he sets out these contrasts, Jesus is essentially telling his followers, including us today, to change our perspective to lift our gaze. There is a greater reality than what we see and perceive in the here and now. In this simple message, Jesus elevates and encourages those who seem to have nothing in this life, the outsiders. 
while he also warns insiders who seem to have it all in this life. In both cases, the bottom line is that there is more. Those who have little now easily find themselves seeking and relying on God in their humble circumstance. Those who have much now easily rely on themselves and their comfortable lives to sustain them. Having it all makes it hard to see our true need for God. Whether rich or poor, strong or weak, there is more. More hope for the hurting. More need than we perceive. Just so much more. In his letter to the Colossian church, the Apostle Paul writes at the outset of chapter 3, Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. His focus in Colossians is on the supremacy and centrality of Christ in everything. Therefore, it follows that we ought to view all things through the lens of the greater reality, not the lesser one of this temporary world. Paul gives fuller context to this in 2 Corinthians 4, 16-18, where he writes, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That is at the heart of what Jesus is saying in Luke 6. It isn't foolish positivity when Jesus says, Blessed are the poor, hungry, mournful, or hated. And it isn't condemnation or karma he's preaching when he says, Woe to you, rich, comfortable, well-fed, happy, popular people. Both pictures are rooted in the reality he expresses to the persecuted in verse 23. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven. Both the afflicted and the comfortable have to turn from self-focus to God-focus to encounter reality. Whatever your experience here in this temporary, limited life, there is more. Reality is found in Christ. Regardless of whether you fall into the category of afflicted or comfortable, I hope this has given you something to think about. Thanks for listening. You can check out our shows on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays, and on pretty much any podcast platform you'd like, including YouTube. So be sure to join us three times a week. We look forward to it.